You're listening to the Future Tech Health Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Until I reached age 40, I never realized the obvious, that we all have medical issues, or we at least have a family member or close relation that had, has, or will have them in the future. Medicine and biological systems are the final frontier. Until we've conquered death, figured out how life began, cured cancer, and understood our purpose in the universe, there's a heck of a lot to talk about when it comes to our health. Future Tech Health means I'll be covering futuristic topics that are actually already in clinical trials or even starting to appear on shelves or by prescription or available for your own use. We dive deep into stem cells, CRISPR-Cas9, the science of sleep, epigenetics, medical testing, cancer, ketogenic diets, stem cells, aging, regenerative medicine, and more. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a serious medical problem. Remember, however, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoy the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and share it with friends. Thank you. This is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech and Future Tech Health Podcast. My guest is Bichuan Bo. She's the co-founder of Lumos.tech. Or Lumos, the website is L-U-M-O-S.tech. We're talking about a, um, a sleep mask, high-tech sleep mask. So, uh, Bichuan, thank you for coming. Thanks, Richard. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so tell me, what's, uh, what's the background? Like, how did you get involved in the area of sleep, and how did it lead to this mask? Yeah, um, I was trained as a bioscientist. So I did my PhD in uh, the University of Southern California and postdoc research at Stanford University. While I was at Stanford, my co-founder and I started this company and we want to translate sleep research in the lab to products that can be used by the general public. How it got started was uh, some more of a personal need because I come from China and I still travel between China and the United States frequently. I didn't sleep well okay. because jet lag is a huge problem for me. It mm, usually, sure. Yeah, it usually took me more than a week to get over jet lag when I'm flying between the countries. And wow. there are very few products on the market that are both effective and easy to use to help you get over jet lag. Well, one quick question, what causes jet lag, you know, biologically? Can oh, you yeah. talk about it a little bit? Yeah, that's a great question. So jet lag is caused by there's a misalignment between your body clock, what we scientists call circadian rhythm, between your body clock and the destination time zone where you're flying to. So usually if you're flying um, from, from some city to another city across time zone, when we travel by plane, our body gets to this to the destination faster than our body clock. Because normally we can only adjust our body clock by one hour a day. So if you're flying to China, yeah, that's like 16 hours away, which is eight time zones away. So it usually takes more than a week to get over jet lag completely. But we get there in like 12 hours. That's why there is a gap between our body clock and the destination. Oh, okay. What? So how do you, uh, I mean, I've heard, you know, when you wake up, make sure you're exposed to bright lights and, you know, give you about, I guess they call it the zeitgebers, you know, the uh, light signals. 
you know, at night don't have blue lights, et cetera. Like, but what can you do to make the shift faster than you normally would? Oh, yeah. Because um, you talk about the being exposed to sunlight and then turn the blue light at night. These are all great uh, solutions to help us adjust the body clock faster because it is well established in the lab that your body clock is regulated by light. That's why when we travel and when we experience circadian rhythm misalignment, it's the most effective to use light as the environmental cue to help us shift our circadian rhythm, shift our body clock towards the direction we want to go. And the best environmental cue is the sunlight at the destination. Um, so we will make sure that we get enough sunlight in the morning and throughout the day when we arrive at the destination and make sure that we like avoid bright light exposure at night in the evening before we go to bed. So this like environmental cue of light will help us help our body adjust to the new time zone faster. Okay, so um, so in comes the sleep mask. I mean, what's the story of how you first conceived of that? Yeah, so the the technology behind a mask is research at Stanford shows that well, instead of using the natural sunlight or continuous light, you can actually use short flashes of light to shift a person's body clock. And it's more effective than continuous light. And you don't wake up the person at night. You don't require the person to sit in front of bright light for several hours during the date. And they can go to bed at their normal bedtime without doing anything extra. So that's the principle behind our product. If you okay, think so, of, so, hmm? it, so it exposes someone to timed flashes of light, and that uh, modulates their clock a lot faster than discontinuous light? Yes, and that's because of how, how the neurons in our brain uh, fires in response to the light stimulation. So the, the light flashes can produce larger shifts in certain time compared to the continuous light. You know, I would think the wavelength of the light that enters our eye is the biggest modulator. Like if, um, you know, red light versus blue light have a different frequency, so I would think it would stimulate our optic nerve and, and our cells at different speeds, you know, and our cells would probably sense that and pick it up, and that's what would modulate what's going on in our body because of yeah. the nature of the light itself. Yeah. Um, so generally, the full spectrum of light um, have an effect in shifting circadian rhythm. And research have shown that the lights with shorter wavelengths, such as the green light and blue light, have more effect in regulating circadian rhythm than the lights with other wavelengths. Um, but in our case, because we designed a product to work throughout the night, when a person is sleeping, we use um, white light instead of blue light because we need to consider the light penetration um, through the eyelids as well. You said you need to consider light penetration through what? Through your eyelids when you're sleeping. Oh, okay, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Actually, you yeah. know, that's interesting. So so the eyelid, does it act like, you know, so if, you, if you're sitting in the sun, but then you're sitting under a glass roof, you know, the, the glass will stop certain wavelengths of light hitting you. What about the eyelid? Does that filter the light in a certain way and block out certain wavelengths? Yeah, exactly. Um, your eyelid serves as some sort of color filter of the light because 
your eyelid has blood vessels. So if you close your eyes and look into the sky, you're going to see generally like the orange and red color. That's because your eyelid is serving as a color filter to filter out the, the blue light. So it lets most of the red light get through your eyelid. So your eyelid itself tends to filter out more shorter wavelength light and shift right. the incoming light to more of the red spectrum? Right, right. So, oh, as, yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. But um, despite the blue light and green light has seemed to have a bigger effect in shifting circadian rhythm, overall, the full spectrum of light can also shift your circadian rhythm. That's why we chose a balance between light transmission and um, the effect of shifting circadian rhythm when we designed the product. There are... Have you compared, um, have you compared doing pulses of light? versus just a continuous color of light? Like what if you did a monochromatic blue or a monochromatic red and didn't pulse it? Have you compared the efficacy of both? Um, there's no research directly comparing using, say, continuous blue or green light versus uh, short flashes of full spectrum of light, um, as far as I know. Um, but there are some research comparing blue green light, continuous light versus uh, continuous white light. And in our um, scientific advisor, Dr. Jamie Zeiser of Stanford University, in his research, he compared continuous white light versus um, the white flashes of light in their efficacy of shifting circadian rhythm. Oh, so what did he notice about continuous versus flashing? Yeah, so con when you compare continuous versus flashing, at the same um, wavelength spectrum, you see bigger shift produced by the light flashes compared to the continuous light. Okay, so then you get into like the, the duration of the flashes, the, the frequency of the flashes. So, you know, I guess you'd need a bunch of experimentation to find the optimal, optimal mix. Right, yeah. So all the light parameters, uh, the wavelengths, and then the pulse duration, the interval, the frequency, and most importantly, the timing and um, how these factors all play together in related to a person's natural sleep pattern and the person's travel or shift schedule. These are all factors to consider when um, our mobile app designs the program for the user. For example, if you are flying from San Francisco to New York tomorrow, then you will tell the cell phone app saying that I'm flying from San Francisco to New York uh, tomorrow at so and so time. Then we will take into consideration of your normal sleep pattern and your travel schedule and design a set of light programs that is personalized to you specifically. Then by tonight, you before you normally go to bed, let's say you normally go to bed around midnight, and you are trying to go to bed around midnight in New York as well. So tonight, before you normally go to bed, you will wear the mask, and throughout the night, you will receive the light program that we designed for you to shift your body clock three hours earlier towards the Eastern time. So by tomorrow morning, when you wake up, your body clock has already been shifted three hours earlier. Then you get on the plane, you arrive in New York, you can fall asleep at midnight, as if you are still in California. That's super cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Can't you do it on the airplane, though? 
what do you have to do with it at the moment, like during your sleep? Like how long of an exposure do you need? You know, eight hours or three hours or half hour? Yeah, so we encourage the users to use it before the flight so we can prepare their body in advance to the trip or the uh, shift, the night shift. So imagine that you are going to New York and you have to fall asleep at midnight and wake up at 7 a.m. for your business meet. You want to hit the ground running and be ready for your work. If we help your body, we help prepare your body so that your body clock is already in New York time that night when you arrive, then you can fall asleep with no problem at your normal bedtime. Then you can wake up at your normal wake time and start working. Well, in traveling myself, I mean, there's two phenomena. So if I go to Europe, I get there usually in the morning, Europe time, and I got to stay up and try to make it till like nine o'clock at night or 10 o'clock and collapse and go to sleep. So I would guess you use the mask one way going east, but going west, I'll tend to come home and I'll get home late at night and then just go right to bed. So it's like two different phenomena and behaviors. So how would the mask work better for both behaviors? Yeah, that's why the mask uh, take into consideration of your travel schedule and what your normal sleep patterns are and gave you sets of programs that specially designed for you going to the east at this particular travel time and you going west at this particular travel departure and arrival time. Um, but in general, we will try to help you close the gap um, in advance before you flight. But if you're going to somewhere farther, then you're going to use the mask one night before the flight and one or two or three nights after you arrive so we can help you fully overcome the jet lag. That particular use case where you, where you arrive in the morning and have to stay up the whole, the whole day is an extremely difficult case for traveling. I know. It's a very it's common a, schedule. It's a very common schedule going to Europe, but it's extremely difficult. And that's because on top of the circadian rhythm misalignment that happens during the travel, um, during the flight, you are also dealing with what we call travel fatigue caused by lack of sleep. Because even right. if you take out the jet lag out of the equation completely, you're still dealing with having to sleep on the airplane, which most people have difficulties doing, and then staying up the whole day after not being able to get good nights on the airplane. And because most of the time when you get on the plane, you're already somewhere in the afternoon or in the evening, in San Francisco time, that you've already been up for like 12 hours since the morning you get up. So right, you have right. been staying up for a lot of hours without proper sleep. And that's something even without circadian rhythm, circadian rhythm misalignment, that's something that it's really hard to do. That's why if you so, take this flight that arrives in the morning for Europe, you're not only dealing with circadian rhythm misalignment, but also the travel fatigue due to sleep deprivation, just because you have a long day. Right, so what are you doing then? Do you um, try to keep the person awake so they can get through the day and go to sleep normally? Or do you try to push them so that they're like even more dead tired that day? Like what, you know, like the problem is like, what do you do? In yeah, so like in that? this case, in this case, we'll design a program 
to help the person try to sleep as much as possible on the airplane so they can get a reasonable amount of sleep before they have to deal with another long day after they arrive. But there's just so much you can do because it is objectively not comfortable sleeping on the airplane unless you are in the business class or the first class. So there's limitation of how well you can sleep on the airplane. But from a circadian rhythm standpoint, we try to help the user to fall asleep on the airplane so they can be prepared for the long day when they arrive in. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. I just, are you, um, so you're trying to get them to sleep on the airplane, but is there another way to do it that, I mean, I would guess it's bad to have their clock go both, let's say, forward and back versus just leaving them alone and having it go forward only, you know, or go back only. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's definitely to easier to it's definitely easier to shift them in one direction other than uh, one direction today and another direction the next because there's limitation of how much you can shift. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking about it for a second. Okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, what, what is what is the um, yeah? Well, okay. I know I don't want to get I, I know we're getting to, I don't want to get into proprietary stuff. So at any point that happens, let me know. I'm just really curious about the technology. So again, don't be afraid to say like, I can't answer that, but um, how much can you ship someone? Like if someone needs to ship eight hours, let's say, Mm -hmm. is it better to do it all in one shot and whack them, you know, the first night, or is it better to go like two hours and two hours and two hours and go slower? Um, In theory, it's definitely better to shift them as fast as possible. So we can, uh, instead of using a mask for three or four nights, if you're going for international trips, you can just be done with it in one night of use. But then everybody responds to light differently. So for some people, it's easier to shift your circadian rhythm than it's okay for them to use it for one night and be completely jet lag free going to Europe. But for some other people, it might take them one or two nights or three nights to completely get over jet lag. So it's kind of individually different and we try to accommodate that. So are you, so you're trying to, if someone's going like 12 hour difference or something, you're trying to shift them all at once and then they may need the mask for a few more nights to like what, reinforce the shift? Is that what you're trying to do? Or is there something else you're doing? Yeah, so right now, based on our uh, preliminary test with uh, our testers, um, one night of use of the mask can generally shift people by three to four hours. That's why going to Europe, going to Europe will take you maybe one or two nights, depending on how you respond to light. Um, sometimes three nights, depending on people. And going from San Francisco to New York only. Okay, I got you. We we have what seen a- yeah we have seen people who respond to light uh, much stronger, so they can just use it one night before the flight and arrive in New York with no problem. That's cool. Okay, so I've got arrive like a in personal- Europe, Yeah. All right, so I've got like a personal situation I want to ask you about. So mm-hmm. I, I sleep like horribly late. I go to bed like three or four in the morning and I get up at like 11 or noon. I've been doing this for 20 years. And oh, for wow. some stupid reason, it, it's just, I know everyone says that. It's very hard for me to, to sleep, quote unquote, normal hours. So mm-hmm. could I use the Lumos to like help me shift my clock so it's easier for me to do it and not lay there awake and get back to normal human hours? <laughs> normal human hours. <laughs> Interesting that you yeah. say that. Actually, everybody has a different circadian rhythm. 
So some people are naturally um, early birds and some people are naturally night owls. In your case, you are naturally, sounds like you're naturally a night owl because you oh, yeah. uh, go to bed later than most people and wake up later my, than my most dad does. My dad does too, same thing, yeah. Yeah, that's also an interesting point that the morning and evening preferences has a huge genetic component. So people found a set of genes that regulates body clock, which regulates um, whether you're a morning person or you're a night person. That's why you see the same pattern usually within your family that you're like, you, you have the same preference in whether you want to get up early or you want to get up later. And this, what you described is actually what we call the chronic circadian rhythm misalignment, meaning that it's not that you're traveling, it's not that you're doing night shift, you're just naturally a night owl, but you want to wake up early to be well, more synchronized with the society's schedule. And we can totally help the, you here's the, well, here's the problem I've noticed, it's obvious, but when you sleep late, when you're a night owl, you know, even with blackout curtains, two, three, four hours of my normal sleep, you know, schedule, the sun is up and it's very difficult to block that to the point where it doesn't affect you. Like I can feel it affect me, even though the room and the light in the room is very low, even with blackout curtains. So I wonder if wearing this mask would help insulate me against that, you know, that, that contrasting light signal that's messing me up. You know? Yeah. So while how we help in this case is we can help you move your body clock earlier so you can go to bed and fall asleep instead of at 3 a.m. or 4 a.m. You can go to bed and fall asleep around midnight and wake up around 7 or 8 a.m. like most people do. It's the same idea of shifting your circadian rhythm earlier according to your needs of having to get up at so-and-so time compared to how you would want to get up when you're just sleeping normally. So in your case, you'll use the mask and then tell the app that, oh, I am normally going to bed around 4 a.m. But now I want to go to bed and fall asleep around midnight and wake up around 8 a.m. Then the app will understand, oh, okay, then we're dealing with a night owl who wants to get up early, early by like three or four hours, then here is the program for you. Then you will just wear the mask throughout the night and receive the light probe. Then we'll shift your body clock naturally with the light flashes. So you can feel tired and sleepy around midnight and fall asleep. And this will be good for people with insomnia too, I'm sure, right? Yeah, this is a very common question that people ask us. The factors contributing to insomnia has a lot. You're going to tell them that when people ask you that, make sure you tell them that you've laid awake many nights thinking about this and the solution. <laughs> it's a joke. <laughs> yeah, so. But, but go, uh, ahead, go, ahead, okay. go ahead. Insomnia. Yeah, yeah, insomnia. So there could be a number of different factors contributing to insomnia. And it could be like circadian rhythm is a big one. And um, uh, poor sleep environment is also a possible contributing factor to poor sleep. Like what you described, maybe if you don't have uh, the curtain to completely block light, then it could affect your sleep quality. And then sleep-related behavior is also another category that could contribute to uh, poor sleep, especially insomnia. And then there's also uh, disease and health-related complications, such as 
depression, anxiety, and chronic pain. So all of these could potentially contribute to insomnia, um, as well as the genetic component that we talked about. It's a huge part for insomnia as well. So depending on different factors that contributed to insomnia, some of them we can help, some of them we cannot help with our current product. Because if you have like anxiety or depression, then there's nothing we can do with this. But if your insomnia right. is caused by circadian rhythm misalignment, then we could potentially help you with adjusting your body clock towards your desired sleep time. I gotcha. So the experience is um, you put on the mask and do you see anything? Like, you know, with your eyelids closed, do you see flashes of light or you just can't tell anything's going on? Yeah, so we will flash the lights most likely after you fall asleep. And after you fall asleep, you don't sense the light as much as you would do if you're awake. So most people don't even see the light flashes. But we do have some people who are more sensitive to the light, could see one or two light flashes, but will be able to fall back asleep afterwards. Okay, but it doesn't disturb them through the night. Right. So it's the light intensity the light intensity is so low that it doesn't disrupt your sleep throughout the night. And even if it does, you have the ability to lower the intensity so we can find a value that works for you specifically. What about um is there a feedback mechanism whereby uh what if I have to go up and you know, get up like and pee during the night and, you know, turn on the light and I can't go back to sleep. Can I do something to the mask to help me get back to sleep faster if I'm disrupted? Yeah, this is also another commonly asked question. Right now, um, in our first generation of product, um, unfortunately, we can't really help you if you have to get up to feed a baby or if you have to get up because you're too hungry and you have to come up and eat something and you can't fall back asleep. This is a very difficult use case to handle because it not only involves circadian rhythm, but also like sleep environment. And um, yeah, it's just very difficult. But um, in the future, in our company roadmap, we are planning to incorporate some other sleep improving mechanism um, techniques to help our user to overcome difficult situations, such as you have to get up in the middle of the night to see the baby and try to fall back asleep. Well, I think there's a solution in there for you. I mean, think about it. So I've noticed if I get up and if I turn on a light, if it happens for more than, I don't know, 10 seconds, then it takes me a long time to get back to sleep. But the good thing is that tells me that I bet you you could find a way with an equally short duration, 10, 20 seconds, to put me back to sleep. Because if it can happen so fast one way, why can't it be modulated to happen very quickly the the way in reverse, you know? Yeah, that's a very good uh, direction of thought. I think, yeah, we will want to investigate this particular use case. It's interesting that you mentioned it's not the, the fact that you have to get up in the middle of the night to feed a baby. is the fact that you have to turn on the lights in order to perform the task. And receiving long light exposure at night especially during the wrong time, could really mess up your circadian rhythm. That's also another reason why we have to do all this calculation to provide you the light program, rather than having you randomly shining flashes of light into your eyes as you sleep. So we could investigate in this um, baby feeding use cases 
and see how we can help you fall back asleep faster. But in the meantime, it could be nice if you don't turn on bright light when you have to get up in the middle of the night to feed the baby. I know there are some like night lights where it's mostly red or orange light that does um, smaller effect on your circadian rhythm. So you right. can like try to turn on those night lights when you try to feed a baby, which will help you get back to sleep faster without like messing up your circadian rhythm. Even if your device only helped a little bit, I would feel psychologically better, for instance, if you told me, you know, you can do a setting specifically where if you have to wake up at night for whatever reason, to pee, to feed a baby, et cetera, we have a special program that helps you get back to sleep faster so you don't lay there awake after you've been disrupted. Because again, psychologically, yeah, think... there's going to be some placebo effect and there's going to be some, I know that you can do it, maybe not 100%, but I know you can help based on what you're telling me. And again, if I just knew that that's what was going on and this device was going to help me with that, I would probably fall asleep faster anyway because, again, psychologically, I'm like, cool, I have something to me out. And I'm not, I don't have to fear being awake for hours to be woken up. Yeah, I think that definitely makes sense. And um, how you perceive sleep is actually a big factor in uh, how we can help you improve sleep. In the sleep clinic, this is called the cognitive behavior therapy, like part of the cognitive, where we um, try to shape how your brain perceives sleep and perceives how you sleep. And I think what you propose is totally possible and a good direction for us to explore for our next generation of product. Yeah, I also wondered this too. Um, are your eyes the only place in your body that reacts to light signals? You know, has there been any yeah. experimentation you've seen where someone's leg is exposed to the sun but their eyes are not, you know, or light, <laughs> it, it wakes them up? The back of their knees, you know, their their wrists, I don't know. I, I wonder if there's other parts of the body that I would think that, not just the eyes. Yeah. Um, interesting that you mentioned the back of the knees. I think some customers have asked this question, and I think um, there's probably a product that does, like, shines light, uh, shines light to the back of the as far as we know, the photosensitive receptors that regulate circadian rhythm are only distributed in, the, in your eyes. So uh, it's kind of hard for us to imagine how shining lights to the back of your knees would help regulating circadian rhythm. People do infrared therapy. I have red light therapy. That's red light red. shining all over my body. It's supposed to do uh -huh. all kinds of stuff to me. So. I would, I think it would be better to go into the assumption that the entire body to varying degrees is light sensitive. Yeah, that's a very interesting point. I personally don't know much about the red light therapy. I should look into it and see what the latest research shows. This is very interesting. Yeah, the fact that it affects, you know, other parts of the body versus the eyes tells you that there's probably some mechanism for other wavelengths of life to affect you. So and right. it's, I just yeah. figure it's better to be open to the idea and then close to it because you're more likely to find solutions instead of saying, oh, no, no, it's just the eyes, not look anywhere else. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. We have to be open-minded. So, um, yeah, it's a very interesting find. Uh, I should uh, look into the research and see what it, what it says. And sometimes it's circadian rhythm dependent. Sometimes it could be a circadian rhythm independent effect that the light has to your body. So it's hard to, it's hard to say. Like you said, yeah, we should not make assumptions uh, before we look into, before we investigate uh, what's going on. The reason I'm telling you is I like your product from what I'm hearing. I want to get one. 
I think it'd be tremendously helpful for a lot of people. So I want to help you. That's what I'm telling you. It's not to scold you, but to think, how can I help you make this better? That's what I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah. I love your ideas, especially how to help people who have to get up in the middle of the night to feed the baby. Because this is one of the main reasons why people don't get good sleep, especially for young parents. Like they just have their babies and they have to just get up in the middle of the night to feed their baby.、Um, there are some ways that we can help young parents to synchronize your body clock to better to get better sleep when they have new babies.、Um, but so far. Like the solving the problem of they just have to get up in the middle of the、um, is still a direction that we have. Well, well, but it's a、this? huge market.、So, it's a huge need. There are a lot of problems well, having.、Uh, there are a lot of people having this problem. Well, what if you're able to do this with a different form factor? What if you're able to put a lamp in the room with a bulb that has your programs in it? So the bulb flashes with a certain wavelength and a certain duration, exactly like what the mask does. Then you don't have to wear the mask. Or let's say you're a baby and the baby is not sleeping as much as you wanted to. Why can't you have the little lamp in the room by the crib that flashes the same program that helps keep the baby's clock set, however it should be set, to keep the baby sleeping better? Or kids, or again, if I don't want to wear a mask, or if I sleep with my husband or wife, and I want both of us to have the effect, you know, just another idea, similar mechanism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I could see that you know a lot about the circadian rhythm sleep. Because these are all the directions that we want to go for our next product. Because the right now the first generation of product is for travelers and ship workers, and we design it to be personalizable. So if you are traveling, we're not going to disturb the sleep of your bed partner by exposing your bed partner to the same light program that you do. If your vet partner doesn't have the need of traveling or doing night shifts,、uh, night shifts.、Mm-hmm. but if you're sleeping by yourself, or if both of you have to get up early to take care of the baby, or even like we just want to help the baby sleep better, then having a different form factor is totally a reasonable direction to go to. Also, interestingly,、uh, newborn babies do not have a well-established Circadian rhythm. That's why they like、um, sleep throughout the day and at very long hours because their body has to learn how to be synchronized、um, according to the environmental cue of light. So what we can do is to help accelerate the process for newborn babies to establish their circadian rhythm potentially through lights. Yeah, that's one of the directions that we could go into to help the to sleep better. Yeah, there's a lot of、uh, you know the funny thing is like we're doing we're we're affecting everyone's clocks regardless. You know, like I go to a, a store at night. There's lights out of the store. There's street lights or there's phones. And, you know, so everyone's clock is being messed with already all the time. Probably no harm in trying to improve it and fix it. You know? Right. Yeah, that's one problem with the modern lifestyle is we have. A lot of electricity supply that we can turn on the lights to however late that we want. So we are exposing our body to very late night light exposure. And our goal is to try to restore the natural circadian rhythm for our users, and also enable them to quickly shift their circadian rhythm if they just have to be on some special sleep 
scheduled. You know, it'd be cool too and, for people if they're going to use their phones anyway, and they shouldn't. You know, now they have, um, you know, like uh, Comfort View, that kind of stuff. You know, where you can, um, you know, again, it makes the, the instead of blue, it makes it reddish. But what if you embed in that Comfort View a program of like flashing light that comes through the screen of the smartphone? So people that are using it laying in bed, it makes it really tired. So they turn it off sooner and they go to bed sooner instead of it keeping them up. You know, right now, again, the red light shift just stops the blue light from keeping them up. But why not actively help them go to sleep and get off the damn phone and go to bed? You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, there's, so I'm, other than the... I'm other than this, the thinking of this for my kids, by the way. Yeah, but that's why I think yeah. they can't get off the damn phone. But yeah. How old, how old is your kid? The one that, that I see sneaking the phone is 14. So I always you know, tell her, like, stop that. And we're, we're starting to take the phone, like, away when she's supposed to go to sleep. Cause sometimes they'll, you know, well, all my kids will do it, but they'll get up sometimes in the night and be on the phone. I'm like, don't do that. You know, they go, we have it on the comfort view. <laughs> I say, I don't care. It's keeping you awake. So I'd like a, a yep. program to, like, flash flash them and knock them out, you know. This is not an uncommon problem that we heard from talking to our kids. As humans going through puberty, their melatonin secretion is actually two or three hours later than the adult secretion timing. That's why teenagers Mm. do not feel sleepy until very late at night because they're just objectively two or three hours later than adults in melatonin secretion. So they would oh, so stay up late playing uh, video games. Yeah, this, this would help with the school start time problem. If, if your yep. kid is in a school where they refuse to, you know, go to a humane time of like eight or nine start, at the very least, maybe the mask would help them, you know, deal with it somehow. Yeah, exactly. Because right now, most teenagers have to get up around six or seven to go to school. Um, but they don't usually fall asleep until like past midnight or sometimes 1 or 2 a.m. This yep. sleep deprivation has caused a huge problem for students. And yeah, there are uh, national discussion about whether or not we should postpone school start time. But instead of having school start time postponed that affects a lot of other adults' schedules, we could potentially shift the body clock of the teenagers earlier so they can feel tired and sleepy earlier at night and go to bed at a normal um, normal bedtime, say before midnight, and wake up at a normal wake time that fits their school schedule. So this could totally be achievable by adjusting. In fact, yeah, um, yeah there, there's research showing that if you could do that, you could increase the hours of sleep for teenagers and reduce the depression-related symptoms. Well, you've got a lot of potential out- outlets for your product, and I think it can do a tremendous amount of good in a lot of arenas. I hope that yeah, because uh, really out there. Yes, circadian rhythm misalignment is a very common problem, uh, depending on whether it's acute circadian rhythm misalignment or chronic circadian rhythm circadian rhythm misalignment. There are different populations in a society gets affected. And these are all the people that we can potentially help with the product. Yeah, okay. Well, excellent. Uh, just a couple more questions. The um, the form factor itself, I know like, uh, you know, I, you'll probably laugh. I put like a sock over my eyes because I don't like the, um, you know, the mask like pushing on the back of my head or like compressing the mask onto my eyes. 
So if you guys had to do a lot to make the mask like, you know, lightweight where it's not squishing your eyeballs, it still stays Oh, yeah. Head. Yeah, definitely. We have interviewed so many people about their preferences in sleep masks and work with manufacturers, quite a lot of manufacturers to figure out the best way, the best fabric, the best foam, the processes of making a comfortable sleep mask that fits most people's faces and most people's preferences in eye mask usage. Yeah, we've de definitely spent a lot of time optimizing the foam factor because if you think about it, if you have a poor foam factor that just makes people uncomfortable wearing it when they are sleeping, then no matter how good your technology is in shifting your circadian rhythm, you're going to mess up their sleep. So right. having the mask to be comfortable is like the very first step of having the people use your product. Okay. Well, very good. So where's the, where's the best place for people to get the mask to find out more? Um, yeah, they could go on our website, uh, which is lumos.tech, uh, like you said at the beginning of the program. It's L-U-M-O-S dot T-E-C-H to um, see how the product works and hear uh, how our early users say about the product and their experience using the product and read some of the research that has been done at Stanford Sleep Lab using this technology and understanding like how uh, light flashes affect our circadian rhythm. Right now we're focusing on um, trying to launch within the military because the military, mm. the soldiers also fly uh, across the globe for their mission. Excellent. Well, Bichuan, thank you for coming on the call. It's been a really great call. Yeah, thanks, Rachel. You asked tons of good questions about circadian rhythm. I can see that you well, know a lot about, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, I've had sleep problems for a long time, so I've had to like pay attention to it. But hopefully it helps other people with the knowledge, so excellent. Yeah, yeah. You're listening to the Future Tech Health Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Until I reached age 40, I never realized the obvious, that we all have medical issues, or we at least have a family member or close relation that had, has, or will have them in the future. Medicine and biological systems are the final frontier. Until we've conquered death, figured out how life began, cured cancer, and understood our purpose in the universe, there's a heck of a lot to talk about when it comes to our health. Future Tech Health means I'll be covering futuristic topics that are actually already in clinical trials, or even starting to appear on shelves, or by prescription, or available for your own use. We dive deep into stem cells, CRISPR-Cas9, the science of sleep, epigenetics, medical testing, cancer, ketogenic diets, stem cells, aging, regenerative medicine, and more. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a serious medical problem. Remember, however, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoy the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and share it with friends. Thank you.